On today's episode of Back of the Bird, we are pleased to be joined by Callum Crawford, the newest addition of the Panther City Lacrosse Club. We also recap the outdoor game and the Monday game, including the watch party, and talk about some news and notes around the league. Let's get into it. This is episode 78 of Back of the Bird. our guy boston levi with his new song crossfire thank you to boston for continuing to let us use his music he's awesome let's get into the show <laughs> all right we're back episode 78 back of the bird presented by cottage springs paulie who are we going with 78 yeah yeah it's i mean it's gotta be dirty i guess well, yeah. there's no other 78 i don't know if there is so jordan durston episode um presented by cottage springs they got more stuff coming out i just filled out the survey they're renaming like one of the ace, they're renaming like an ace hill beer um and so you get to like you can vote on it or put your own uh your own thoughts in there so i uh <laughs> i pulled a sneaky one and um brownie on our kevin brownells just opened up his own chiropractic clinic called alta um Hey, no free ads, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's going to give me free treatment for that. Um, so if you're in the Waterdown area, go check it out. But uh, I, I put that in as the name that they should call the beer. So I will I will love it if they end up calling it that. But I'm on a cold streak of getting names right because they went with the fucking Burlington Blaze. But um, anyways, let's dive into it. Go get some Cottage Springs. Polly, what's up? What did you What did you want for the Burlington name? Well, I was pretty. I was pretty in on the uh, the porch dogs. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that wasn't gonna get through, but it actually uh, like. Anyways, we don't, don't get. I like it. the. Uh, Is this public yet? By the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been public for a while. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. My bad. What was it? I, I liked the one that was like. Uh, like the Skywalkers or Sky Raiders or something. Oh no! It was something to do with like Joseph Brandt. Oh. Uh, was it like the Privateers? Yeah, the volunteers. Volunteers, I like that. Yeah, because um, that was like that was his like army's name when they were just like slaughtering people or something. But yeah, that one didn't go. get through. I think they weren't big no. on the death part. Um, no, if it wasn't but, so much for the killing, it would have been fine. Yeah, <laughs> but what's going on? You're sitting. We're doing fireside chats with Polly right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, you know, just hanging out in. Uh, Arizona, you know, just it's got the blur effect on. We can't even see. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to take it off. The fire looks sick. <laughs> nice feet. No, no free feet. Picks. That's all right, Paul. It kind of works. It kind of works. The blur effect. Oh, oh there, there we go. go. There we go. And know nice. what's going on here. You got the fire um, table going. That's that's next level. Yeah. No, just hanging out in uh, in Mesa, Arizona, man. Just. uh you know, traveling, traveling with two kids, you know, it's just, uh, I, 
Donnie, I was I was thinking of you actually. You're like, you know, is it bad like trying to get like places? It's not too bad, but then throwing two other kids, two girls, like it might take us three hours to go somewhere before we actually get in a car. Legit three hours by the time like I'm like, hey, ready to go. Okay, yeah, I just have to hop in the shower. Oh, I'm just gonna get ready. Oh, this kid's going down for a nap. That kid's going down for a nap. Like, all right. I thought we were leaving fucking five hours ago, but I guess not. So let's go sit back down on the couch. But anyways, it's uh it's been good, man. Just uh yeah, just hanging out. Went to the zoo, which was pretty cool. I like that. Um, yeah. What else have we done? Went to uh went to just you know, just touristy stuff, but um Enough about me, man. What's going on with you guys? Donnie, what's up with you, buddy? Nothing. We got a uh, bye weekend uh, here, which is nice. And then uh, we kind of have a we had a, a funky schedule this year, the whole year. So we were uh, we were off the first week of the season. Uh, so we started a week after than everyone, and we're actually done a week early. So the last week of the NLL season is another bye for us. So this is our last bye of the year, and then we got six straight uh, weekends after this. So. Um, I was thinking about going to see some buddies or, you know, doing something this weekend. And then I just thought, you know what, it's, uh, it's going to be a grind after this. And, um, you know, obviously a playoff push and all that kind of thing. So, um, just sticking around, uh, Dallas Fort Worth this weekend and checking out some new spots and enjoying ourselves. It sounds nice. Responsible, the responsible Donnie, this guy's, this I mean, guy's already that responsible. I think there's like a, there's a St. Patrick's Day uh, block party thing that we're okay, going to check out. Okay, so, now yeah. it comes out. No, now that, it comes out. I was responsible in making the decision, and then after I made it, then someone was like, you want to go to a block party? And I was like, yeah, it sounds awesome. What up? Uh, so nice. Hey, do you guys, head into, you guys head into Dallas at all, or do you stay, stick around Fort Worth? Yeah, not really. It's like it's like 45 minutes probably at least uh, from Fort Worth to Dallas. So we were there for the Mavs game on uh this week on wednesday i think for the basketball um but other than that we, we pretty much stick around fort worth that sounds all right that's not bad um you, Dan? yeah same nothing really just weeks flying by man i can't believe it's already like we're almost like mid-march here which is wild like um but uh yeah just working away um played some pond hockey tuesday night let me wow. tell you still got it <laughs> I'd I like I like to say the, yeah I like to say to guys if I uh I think I could have made it if I wasn't bad at hockey but um it was uh it was a lot of fun we were out there buzzing around um me and me and Nosy met up went up to Trinity Bellwoods there Paul you said you played at that rink before it was uh yeah, yeah yeah it was a good little skate we were we had like uh six guys aside for a bit and then uh like and then we dropped down and just played four on four and um there's one guy out there who's like i think he was like russian or something um older guy like just dicing it up stick handling around and um at one point we're playing and i just started like smelling colts and i looked over this guy's working the point both hands on his stick colt burning in his mouth just only breathing that in when he's playing like it was uh it was pretty impressive but yeah no all uh all good on our side of things and i just uh i just flew just landed we're recording here thursday night uh, bird gangs on the night owl watch here and it's uh just got down to new york so put hey, a little so little grease order in here listen to this um so I, I don't know if i told you guys this but uh so we got a game in georgia on sunday 
right? So when uh, this was the only week that like really worked for like my uh, wife's friend, like for us to come down here. So I'm like, okay, like, yeah, I'll come down. Um, I'll see if like team can fly me from Phoenix to Atlantic. So I'm like, that's, I'm like, pretty sure they're like pretty close to each other. Turns out they're like not close at all. So that's hilarious. But that's you thought they were so, close. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like an hour flight. It's still a three hour flight. Anyways, that's 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 just a little side note. But uh so teams like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, okay, so we play Sunday. I'm like, yeah, fly me back home after the game Sunday night. And I'm like, Dory, I'll fly you and the kids home Monday, come pick you up or Tuesday, whatever. So yeah, boom. So we book our like one way ticket, the four of us, get my flight from Roch, like everything's good. They're like, yeah, no worries. So then we figure, okay, Dory, you're going to come home Tuesday morning. So go to book the flights. Dude, you can't travel in Canada with two kids under two as a single person. <laughs> so like, fuck. Like it's legit a government rule. Never knew that. So I was like, oh, fuck. So then like, anyways, long story short, team rebooks me Monday morning back to Phoenix. So Monday, listen to this, play the game, fly out Monday morning back to Phoenix, take the red eye home Monday night. So I'm just throwing in like eight hours of flying in one in a 24 hour period. Just dad of the year, dad of the year. Is there anything he can't do? No. Well, I don't know. There's lots, but we won't get into that. That's for another podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you played any golf yet? Um, yeah, so I went out by myself today just for a quick back nine and breakfast. Actually, a pretty sweet deal. It was like 50 bucks. I got a, like anything off the menu breakfast. It was The course was okay. Like legit, um, like they didn't. You know, you just get like the whole profiles and the scorecards. There's just nothing. So like legit. Just a free ball? Yeah, just like, okay. And then, so I, I teed off like 6.30 in the morning. So first like two holes, couldn't really see. And then the last two holes, couldn't see because the sun was in my eyes. So anyways, it was it was still fun. I'm going to go golfing. Uh, they live like in like a kind of gated golf community. So I'm going to golf with a neighbor tomorrow. I golf their latches, really nice course. So, getting still getting some hacks in, you know. I like that. Good yeah. stuff. Well, uh, maybe we just dive right into the uh, into the scores from last week here, Donnie. Okay, so uh, Friday, March third, we had Buffalo ten nine over Halifax. Saturday, March fourth, in the early game, uh, actually, uh, it was really nice to wake up in Central Time and just watch right away. Uh, Philly uh, over New York. To 12, uh, Toronto 9-8 over Roch, Georgia 9-8 over Albany, and then Panther City 16-10 to over Saskatchewan. Uh, left two games out of there because I, I think we want to talk about those two specifically, starting with the outdoor game on Saturday, 15-12, um, San Diego over Vegas. Uh, curious what your guys' thoughts were. It seemed from, you know, from the outside looking in to be pretty much a smash success for, for the league. Yeah, man, I'm just happy, you know, first professional uh, lacrosse game outdoors. No, honestly, I thought it, uh, you know, again, I, I like the setup they had, like having it close to the one side of the bleachers. But, again, I thought the crowd was, like, really good. 
you know, it's pretty tough to expect like a sellout um, and like those things, especially kind of where we are. But I thought the crowd was like really good for, for the game. And I thought it was like awesome. I think the game looked great. It's like now, again, I hope it's kind of something we can continue like this whole every year. I mean, realistically you could do it like in the winter yeah you could like you'd have to like you'd almost have to play on like the long turf and wear cleats yeah yeah i mean it'd be wild but obviously probably maybe you want to start with like just fair weather like for the maybe next couple but it kind of would be sick to play like in the snow you know it would be madness the only thing you're worried about is injury well, I was worried yeah, that it was going to be. I was worried it was going to be too hot. When I saw like the sunshine, especially for the goalies, I was like, "That looks fucking miserable." And then yeah. what I like could tell on TV, it seemed like the weather was like tailor made for it. Like they got, dude, they totally locked out. San Diego's like seventy five at like the hottest, like all the time. Even though like yeah, like suns obviously make it hotter. But the funny thing is, it's like. We've all played in like summer balls where like it's legit probably sixty degrees in some arenas. So really, like, you could play like a hotter, hotter thing. But um, no, nah, it, it, yeah, it was it's just the sunshine. But true. Um, yeah, the broadcast was awesome too. Shout out to Acello and and everyone who put that together. They did a sweet job. Shout out to the uh, the cameraman. Everyone's taking hits this time yeah. of year, man. It's a playoff push. Everyone's yeah, that push. was funny. I got a good laugh out of that. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was cool. It's. I think it's something they should they should keep doing for sure. But uh, yeah, also last shout out to the uh, the Vegas coaching staff for their the outfits. Those are sweet. I didn't yeah. really understand the theme or anything, but I think it's just like I think it was just Vegas. like seventies. Yeah, exactly. Like old Elvis, old slash Vegas, Vegas yeah. royalty. So. I, you know, it's funny though. Like I didn't, I saw them all walking in. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I didn't think they were going to coach in it. Though. <laughs> yeah. like, I thought they were going to change. <laughs> yeah, me too. I thought like, okay, here's the walk up. That's cool. It's like, no, they just worked the whole game. Like, all right, it's kind of wild, but definitely respect it. Yeah. And but, then uh, the, uh, the yeah. last game is the Monday night game. Uh, really wild bizarre game philly 11 over toronto 10 uh cool that they put on a monday seemed like a pretty good crowd there in philly uh and then also we had our guys uh jenner and gregoire totally giving us the cold shoulder not inviting us to be on the watch party there but uh that's fucked up it it seemed you know from the bits i saw it was it was really well done and cool idea i think that we all want to see more of yeah I, don't, yeah, I couldn't imagine who else you would get to join into a, uh, a Zoom type thing for entertainment. But um, <laughs> no, yeah, it was all good. It, it was cool to see. I think I like, I like the idea. It gets people interacting and stuff. So also on top of Dan Dawson hitting his 500 or 1500 points, we had 500 career goals from Benny, um, 200 loose balls from Reed Reinhold, 200 loose balls from Scott Dominey. 200 loose balls from Brendan Bomberry. 100 games played for Tyson Bell. 600 points for Joey Rez. What a beauty. So good to see that guy. Uh, he's got just a million kids buzzing around now. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and then we got 900 points for Curtis Dixon. 800 points for Crowley. 700 loose balls for Crowley. 200 points for uh, for Austin Stats. So, um, yeah, a lot a lot going on in the league. Um, a lot of guys hitting hitting milestones there. Um, outside of that, 
Um, Donnie had a little. Uh, he wrote something down here. It looks like it sounds like nobody in the league is happy with their their the DJ in their locker room. <laughs> Based on the interviews we've had, and Kiernan's on the hot seat over here on our end. People are just giving it. He got the first. I think like it would have been like maybe a month ago. First time I've ever heard it in a room. Someone a song came on and a guy in our room literally goes next like just <laughs> burying him like because usually you know a playlist is kind of made up of various types of music for various yeah. guys in the room um so he was on the hot seat a bit there but i love seeing that because it gives me a chance i might be i might we might have to do tryouts soon dude you were you were good you i mean i guess you know you weren't really the dj in old rotch but you had a couple of fire tunes from what I remember. Yeah, I, th- you were- I think I I think I would get on there like randomly. Yeah, and I always liked it, but I think you're a big dance guy, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, so am I. I mean, dude, again, we got this new rap and I don't care, it's not me being old. The new rap is just terrible, dude. It's like fucking it's, not, junk. it's like it's like slow though. It's like how do you know how this gets you fired up? It's just like and no one's just mumbling anyways yeah but someone's listening to me listen to like a fucking heavy heavy rave mix and they're like how does this make you want to play a sport oh, yeah. instead of hallucinating a fucking forest somewhere in belgium or something i don't know but it's uh it makes yeah. you want to do both yeah yeah you <laughs> want to do both simultaneously play a game in that forest Polly, when you were when you were like a rookie and young in the league like were you guys bring it like was it not, I don't, I don't like, I'm not trying to sound like a fucking dick here. No, I it, are you guys burning CDs and stuff? And <laughs> no, no, she, you know what's funny? So, like, um, kind of going back to like the cow, like in San Jose, I still have like video, like the video was chopped up on CDs, and our coach Walt Christensen would give everyone a CD. Like, every wow. weekend was you the, get a CD, yeah, dude. So, I still have, I still have a stack of CDs, I'm sure they don't work of like video on like goalies, defense, offense. I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, we iPods and stuff were just coming in, like in MP3 players. But yeah, I, we weren't burning CDs. We're, we weren't that old. So what we were doing for music, I don't know, but it wasn't, we weren't burning CDs. So um, I did preface that by yeah. saying, don't want to be a dick. So that's no, so no, awesome. dude, I love how you prefaced it. <laughs> but it's like, it's 17 years, dude. It's 2006. Yeah. Like, that's a long time ago, man. It's, it's understandable. Well, there's that um, photo. There's those photos of LeBron when he uh, was a rookie with the, what's the thing that was like, uh, it's like a CD, like it's been a CD, but you could like put it on your wrist, like you could carry it with you, and it had headphones. Like, like the Walkman. A Walkman, yeah, yeah a Walkman. Yeah, um, his rookie year stuff. Yeah, exactly, and that was like around the same time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, wow. dude, we used to only be able to, you you used to have to pick between seventeen songs and an MP3 player, Donnie. That you'd have to make your <laughs> you had to make seventeen songs. You have to make the cut, and you'd put that on the MP3 player. And that was be the only seventeen you could listen to. <laughs> It's wild, man. Wild. You know, you remember the song? I had an MP3 player. I got one, and it was like such a piece of junk. It could only hold one song. And it's oh, amazing. I would listen. I would run on the treadmill when I was a little fat mess, and it was "Switch" by Will Smith. Do you know that song? It, yeah. Like, hey. it's called "Switch." Ooh, na na na. Like, yeah. Uh, every time I hear that song, I get a little bit of PTSD from running on that treadmill listening <laughs> to it over and over. But, um, oh, that's so funny. 
yeah. So I guess outside of that, what we'll do is uh, why don't we send it over to our guest, Callum Crawford, right now. So as always, interviews brought to you by Lucky Penny Media. At Lucky Penny Media, we're a full-service marketing company without hefty agency pricing. We understand your brand is everything to you, and working together, it means everything to us. You're more than just a client, you're a partner and a teammate. Our philosophy is simple. You grow, I grow, we grow. So here he is, Callum Crawford. All right, well, why don't we'll just jump right into it. We're kind of, you know, we're doing a soft launch intro here. This is probably the first one we've done where he's jumping right into conversation, but you can hear him. The man who's, I'm going to, I got to pull it up here, but what, what are you at? Like 1,200 career points over that, give or take? I don't <laughs> I know. There's, what it is. That's I a lot. That's a big, every time something happens, so. Yeah, it's a big number, but, um, and we're pleased to have him on back of Bird, former teammate of mine, current teammate of uh, of Donald. Did you play with Paulie too? Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Where did we play together? Yeah, San Jose. Where? San I, think I, I think you went there the year after. You're you're younger than me. You were drafted a year after me, weren't you? I I thought we played in San Jose together. Did you I live there? I love that he doesn't Ashby, know. But I thought you were the year after, maybe. Maybe I was. Well, I can were click on the, maybe, Why don't I click on maybe the team? You were, were you in Calgary then when I was in San Jose? No, we Did weren't. Were we the same? We weren't the same draft year, were we? No, no, we weren't. We weren't. So my you second were, year in San Jose, which would have been yours. Okay. So maybe you were you the seven to cause? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you live you but you didn't live in San Jose, did you? No, I was flying so in. Yeah, we Detroit. played together, but you didn't live there. That's right. Yeah. Mm. I yes. love it. So you played played with all of us, but uh yeah, please welcome you on, man. Appreciate you taking the time. But what's uh what's going on? How's life? Oh man, it's uh it's ten o'clock and I'm ancient. What's going on in your lives that we're doing this so late? Uh well just I love it. I needed, I needed to have you on late because I know then you'll be grumpy for the whole weekend. <laughs> Man, I just did team bonding with my high school. We went and saw Creed 3. I'm all jacked up. Oh, yeah. Ooh, was How it was good? It? Yeah, it was actually really good. I thought it was going to be bad, but I don't know if it was the soundtrack that was just having me go crazy. It did some really cool – I don't want to ruin it for you, but it does like a scene during their fight that I thought was like really – I don't know how to explain it other than artsy. But it, uh, okay. it, it was really cool. The best, so sold it, it. the best part about all those movies is like, it's legit the exact same storyline, but it's still just not like can't fail like formula. Yeah. Just this exact same thing for like 10 movies. But it's like that in Fast and Furious. It's just the exact same thing. A little bit different, couple of different players, but it's like gets you every time. Yeah, I'm curious what the next one's going to be because, again, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but it sets something up where he's going to have a, a legitimate kid or something that like comes yeah, back. As a kid, like, fights his dad. Oh, there you go. See? But, <laughs> and that's where my brain's thinking maybe that way, but it's not an illegitimate kid or anything. But um, I don't know. It was good, though. It's, I'm going to have to go see it. I, I, I'm going to have to see Creed 1 and 2 first, though. <laughs> it's definitely theater worthy. Like the Is music, it? the music was unbelievable. I'll have to check it out. But What's, uh, I mean, what, what, usually what we do is we kind of just roll through and kind of ask guys, you know, how they got their start and, and then go through the, go through the, the career. So why don't we just kind of jump in quickly to how you picked up a stick growing up, uh, growing up in Ottawa? Uh, yeah. So I didn't really play organized sports until later, about 10. Uh, never got into hockey, just hurt my feet. Mid city, inner city kid, hockey expensive. Parents didn't push it. I'm sure they would have been happy with me playing it if I wanted to, but 
never tried, didn't care for it. Um, summers, we, my, my family owns a beautiful cottage up by Mont-Tremblant. So that's where we spent all of our summers. Uh, then eventually some kids in my neighborhood were playing lacrosse and I wanted to fit in. So I asked my parents if I could play and that's kind of how it started. And so where, what's, are, what's, go ahead, boy. Your parents are, your parents are Scottish too, right? No. So I have Scottish heritage on my dad's side, but he really like ran while we were growing up on the Scottish like heritage, you know, some dads just, they hit a point. We all do. We hit something in our life and we just, find something out about ourselves and run with it for a long time. I think yep. my dad has learned probably about a little bit about our Scottish heritage. And honestly, he played bagpipes. He'd be in the backyard on Sundays, probably half cut um, <laughs> mornings, like belting the bagpipes. And I mean, we were all houses attached to each other in like a project. And he's like in this very multicultural housing development, just bailing these bagpipes every Sunday <laughs> It was he used to play in the Highland Games and stuff. So we got married in, and uh, my brother got married in a kilt and stuff. So definitely have Celtic background. But man, I'm like six generations Canadian, which is really rare. So I always try to figure out. Could I? Holly fucking nailed that one. Eh? No. Well, no, I'm just thinking because you're like, wrong, uh, buddy. I mean, again, like let's let's call a spade a spade. My brain is mush, but I'm just trying to think. Like <laughs> when we when I first met Cal, we looking get into it like later, like. We came down, my brother was doing the lacrosse camp. So like we get hooked up with Cal and his brother. But I thought when I came over to your house one day, I could have sworn one of your parents had an accent. Is that just like completely? No, no accent. Definitely not. <laughs> but my house is littered with uh, tartans and uh, war memorabilia. Oh, so yeah. maybe that's yeah. it. All right. Yeah. Okay. Definitely maybe no. that is. <laughs> Maybe I just thought they had an accent, but maybe I just got mesmerized. Okay, anyways. No, man, we're just old, and our freaking memory is fading on us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, big time. A lot of years I ago. Was... So, well, let's get into that. You guys work, Do you guys work at camp together? Is that kind of how the you guys met the first time? So, I guess the part I got to ask before we even talk about that is, like, who's our viewership here, our listeners? <laughs> how, how deep can we go with this As deep as you're willing to go with it being out to pretty much the general population. <laughs> I'm more concerned about your partner over there. Yeah. Because our first, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but our first, uh, that camp, uh, I still remember, I've got glimpses. I was thinking about it today when you said I was going to be on this podcast. And I've listened to your podcast. We get into all types of good good chat and i had some memories flowing through my brain from that uh that week or whatever because i remember when uh when you guys came it was i was i think i was just 19 or 20 my brother was managing some of the the good yeah. bars and clubs downtown and yeah. uh we introduced him and his brother to a bunch of my friends away from lacrosse and uh, we took them out to the bars and stuff, and we nicknamed them the Twin Towers. And I don't think we need to get into details, just knowing our our grown up lives. But it was I've got some good memories from that night. It was uh, it was a fun one. I'm not throwing yeah. you under the bus on anything. I promise. Well, no, like I remember you saying like your brother was working there, but like, dude, we did uh, we did Canada's Day. We were doing the camp during Canada's Day, and it like fell on like a Wednesday, like right in the middle Wednesday Thursday. And we just, we did this camp and then went for it. Like the next day, like everyone's been there hung over, like teaching kids, but like. And this was yeah. like, I don't know, we were like 18 or 19 years old. Yeah. 
but it's all in all, it's a good meeting. You guys had some fun, but what, I mean, yeah. so we'll kind of, kind of move to like, kind of obviously, you know, you got a long career in the NL, so we want to touch on just different stops and Donnie had a good point to kind of bring up maybe just different, you know, memories along the way from, from the different teams he played for, but um, growing up, like playing junior ball, stuff like that, what did you do on that side of things? And then how did you kind of decide that the NLL was going to be a step you wanted to take? Yeah. So uh, four years of junior B, two years in Gloucester. Um, my first two years in Gloucester, Gloucester, especially back then, I think it still is. It was, not a very serious program. Um, everybody's just partying. You know, the road trips are about playing drunk and everything. And I was all into that the first season. Um, second season, I started wanting to maybe take it a little bit more uh, serious. And my brother actually that year got uh, decided to come home. He, he tried to go live in, uh, I think he was living in Oakville with my family play junior A. It was like one of the first kids other than Zwicky drafted uh, junior A, right? went right out of midget and got homesick, came home, um, but asked to get traded to Nepean because he was more serious with lacrosse and Nepean was a good program. So Wiki's dad was running it at that time. If you guys remember Jeff Zawicki. Um, so I actually played against my brother my second year. My my first uh, junior fight in my my career was uh, was against my brother's team. Not against my brother, but against uh, somebody else. Uh, Would have been way better if it was against my brother. Yeah. Um, then uh, after that season, I just was, I needed to get out of there. Uh, my brother would talk the stories about how it was serious and it was legitimate lacrosse and, and whatnot. And I wanted to take lacrosse a little more serious than what Gloucester was doing. So I got traded over there for two years. Um, had a good two years. I think I got called up one time in those two years to play uh, junior A. My brother got picked up by Brampton and he went and did a couple of games and your brother was actually playing. Um, so I played up a game while your brother was still in junior. I think he was a, a senior that year. Um, so uh, then the following year, Ottawa was getting their junior A team, the Ottawa Titans, the inaugural season. And I was away at Dowling. And I was teetering back and forth with whether I was going to play junior A or uh, junior B. And to be honest, the one thing that made me want to play junior A is, I don't know if you guys remember, there used to be – your Donnie's definitely too young. Paul probably know it. There used to be this unofficial fan forum for lacrosse. Oh, dude. Lacrosse my, my, Remember that? My dad. We oh, just talked about that. My dad was obsessed. My, dude, my dad. But Dan's not getting enough points as I get the ball. It was amazing, dude. My, uh, my brother, like, and his name was like, it wasn't even like a shadow band name. He used his like email and like everything was called teacher copped out. And that was his like username on the fan form. So my brother's like, "Dad, like, don't go on there. Like, if you can go on there, but like, don't be typing shit. Like, don't be yeah. starting getting fight. You'd be getting fights in the fan form." So my dad would never contribute. I don't think he knows how to type. That's probably part of the reason. But he would read it all the time. And I remember in my second year, I I, I had a really good two years statistically with Nippian, and both years I think we went pretty far. I think we lost in like the Eastern Final or something. Um, for an Ottawa team that was really good but I remember my dad reading me this one thing that was like uh, one person wrote about um, this kid they didn't know who I was but he I had this all orange stick why I have no idea but um, all you got to do is stop this kid with the orange stick if you can stop the kid with the orange stick you can win he's really good but it was really complimentary and then somebody's 
follow-up to it was, yeah, but he couldn't do any of that at junior A. So the ego inside of me was like, partially like, fuck you, I could do that. And the other part of me was like, can you? He's kind of right. Like you're doing it at not the highest level. So are you even that good? So that was like my drive of being like, all right, I'm going to do this junior A thing. Did uh, Ottawa Titans. They brought in Peter Vipon, who at the time, I, I guess he's a historical guy, a bunch of man cups, um, and uh, came in and he and I did not hit it off at all with Ottawa. They ran lines. So everybody played two ways. And that was not, I know I'm old, but it was offense defense back then at the time. Um, yeah. But he was doing two ways. I was, I was on the fourth line. He hated me. No power play, fourth line. And um, by the time I got traded, I was leading the point, the team in points by 30 points, but barely playing. So did not get along at all. He hated me and so on. So I ended up, luckily, uh, I had a really good game against uh, Six Nations who shut us out. How do I have a good game and I had zero points? I don't know. But they literally beat us like 20 to nothing. But Kurt Styers, um wanted me on that team. So uh, he did whatever he had to to trade for me to get to Six Nations for a, a, a playoff run. Uh, that night, I got traded at like 11 o'clock at night. He ordered a cab to pick me up 30 minutes after the trade happened and cab me to freaking six nations that night for a game. From Ottawa? Time. From Ottawa. Holy oh, I had the cab from Ottawa so I could play the next day. Dude, uh, do, you remember what the fair, do you remember what the fair was? Uh, I don't know, like 400 bucks or something crazy. And at that time, Donnie, that's yeah, like $1,100 today, right? Yeah, yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, those, those are days where you could take a, a cab from like Burlington to Toronto for like seven dollars. I feel like, yeah, but it was, uh, it was an interesting one. And to be honest, uh, I, I, I did really well. That team was incredible. The players on there, and they were so young. So I was, I had some success with them at playoffs as well, which was great. And uh, we actually played Polly in the uh, semifinals. I think Brampton. Played against you guys in the semifinals before we played. Yeah, that uh, was that was like the game one game got canceled. Went to seven games. I think we we went up like two or three buzz, and then you guys I think reverse swept us or something like that. It was. Was it? Did we? I know for, we went down against Ottawa too, which was crazy. Yeah. And then we no, we Orangeville pretty good. Um, but yeah, yeah. I went out to the Minto and we lost the Minto in a a uh, very. Uh, contra, contra, contradictional, is that the right word? Very controversial controversial, yes, controversial uh, loss there. It was, they were doing two out of three back then. We played uh, Burnaby. Was it Burnaby where Geichicks were on that team and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was a bit it was, of it like was, Dolby, Billings, yes. the Geiches. Yeah, yeah, they had an unbelievable. <laughs> Our team was unbelievable too. We had, uh, Craig Point, we, we had, we had, Jammer, uh, yeah. I remember we ended up playing them in the, in the finals and we win the first game. No problem. Uh, second game, we end up being tied. One of our guys goes down on a fast break with like 10 seconds left. He ends up scoring and the ref calls no goal saying a guy outside of the play was in the crease. Yeah. Um, Pitcher showed afterwards, like our guy had scored and was running back celebrating. The other guy hadn't been even been pushed in the crease yet. 
So there was controversy one goes into overtime. The ref comes up to us, to our whole bench and tells every, tells us it's sudden death, sudden death overtime, which it shouldn't be not knowing the rules, but tells us that we score the first goal. We rush the floor, helmets gone, everything. Uh, Miloski on the other side is like, what are these guys doing? They, uh, it's not sudden death. They ended up beating us after figuring that part out. And then they, they beat us fair and square uh, the next game as well. But uh, it went down in Lax Mag as some controversial thing and a bunch of question marks on it. But uh, that was my route. I got drafted. If the Minto and the draft, it was the first ever in-person draft. I think it's because Brody was, was out in the draft. But uh, it was in Edmonton at the same time. So I got to actually go to the draft that year. So, and you were picked, what was the, what was the pick? It doesn't have it on your Wikipedia page. Uh, 18. To so Calgary? Just to Calgary, yeah. So I, I never thought I would play in the NLL. I never had these these ambitions to play in the NLL. I never had anybody in my ear saying it would ever be a possibility. Uh, the first time I ever thought that it could be possible was when I got a call from Calgary um, in playoffs saying they're they're looking at me and they may be interested in drafting me. So that was the uh, the first time I ever thought, wow, this might be something. On that note, we were uh, we were just talking about this last week, but you told me you played college volleyball. Were you fucking with me on that? or, or... No, I, I went out of high school to Algonquin College to play volleyball first. That's wild. I, that is like such a like crazy fun fact. And like I feel like probably people don't know about you, but it's kind of dope. Yeah, you know, I'm – very different in, in a lot of different ways than I think your typical Canadian lacrosse player, especially from my generation that were, you know, more small town, Peterborough, um, Orangeville, so on, hockey players, right? And I was just not inner city kid that played everything but hockey. Um, even I think you could probably tell just from the way I play the game I, when I, I don't move like a lot of lacrosse players now, more and more nowadays, probably, but especially like our you know, back however when I just my movement patterns are so different and probably because I played so many jumping sports I'm gonna guess you can go back to the draft I just wanted to get that in there because uh just a cool little uh little tidbit there. yeah so Dan do you want me to do you want me to go through the teams um yeah why don't we well why don't we kind of we'll go like year by year so what Donnie was thinking about this and it's a great idea was we're gonna kind of put you on the spot and we'll do He's going to read out like the team name um, and then you can kind of maybe like whatever pops your head, like a rapid fire, like a kind of, whether there's a cool story or a specific person that kind of made like that comes to mind, you know, during your time there or something like that. Um, And then what we can do is maybe kind of recap, um, you know, go through like the last little while too. um, And then anything that pops up. So Donnie, if we want to kick it off. Yeah. So first up 2006 uh, Calgary Roughnecks, what kind of is the first thing that jumps in your mind there? Um, Tracy Koleski, to be honest, uh, I did not know how to play lacrosse when I got drafted at all. I was just an athletic kid who was able to go one-on-one and that was the only thing I could contribute to a lacrosse game. Uh, no idea how to play without the ball. No idea just how to set a pick. I didn't even know what a seal was. I've said this story so many times, but they paired Tracy and I up in training camp and they had everybody in kind of pairs for two main games. And Tracy and I would go together and I would have the ball all the time for some reason. And we were dusting everybody like the top defenders and that they had who were, I think, reigning defensive MVP the year before we were just embarrassing them. And I remember Tracy being like, well, this is going to be unbelievable. 
Then he goes, hey, tell him, set me a seal. And I had to look at him and be like, I don't know what the fuck a seal is. I honestly <laughs> never, learned, I had never been taught how to set a pick. I had never, because I never had to. Where I was from, it was just, it sounds bad and I don't mean it egotistically, but give Callum the ball and get the fuck out of the way. And that was what I thought lacrosse was. And when I got to Calgary, I learned quickly that's not what it is. Um, and the part why I remember Tracy so well is instead of being like, get this guy out of here, this guy's a bomb, any of this stuff. I think he realized, you know, he was like, this is just a kid who's never had the opportunity to learn. And I think if you know Tracy now, he's, he's somebody who's eager to teach. Um, he took me under his wing instead of outcasting me and uh, saw, I think he saw something in me that a lot of people did not because I remember being out at, uh, I think it was Roadhouse at the time with him a couple nights or one of the nights afterwards. And him, we're into it pretty good, but he put his arm around me and said, out of nowhere, just said, you're going to lead this league in scoring one day. Then smacked me on the ass and said, behind me, and then went away. But those two <laughs> things uh, resonated with me forever. Because A, I didn't think that was ever going to be something that happened. But um, somebody that saw something in me that nobody else did, including myself. Um, and someone who took the time to, to teach and, you know, help me become a better lacrosse player when he had his own career to worry about. So uh that's hey, probably the best memory i have i think so you 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 have led the league in scoring right yeah um, i don't think i don't think trace has though so you got, <laughs> you got one you got, you got one thing right i don't think trace has ever led the league in scoring so you got one thing right yeah i mean he's, he's a pretty smart guy but you know man he's got the trump card one. so in in he, he's got this thing and i understand it he's wants me to keep it simple and he's always on me and I, I do no look passes all the time and I don't do it on purpose. It's just ingrained in my DNA that if I'm going to throw a pass, I'm going to look away from you. I don't know how to Big stop Alan it. Big Allen Iverson fan. I yeah. guess I don't know how to stop it. And uh, we were doing man cup drill and he looked away to throw me a pass. A pass. So I started giving him shit. Stops. Somebody, I forget who it was. Somebody stops me. He looks at me. He goes, yeah, but he's in the Hall of Fame. I'm like, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw the trump card down. Okay, um, next uh, next one, San Jose Stealth. Uh, San Jose Stealth. Yeah, so uh, San, o San Jose, the memory I have from that, and it's not a good one, is um, the reason it sticks out to me isn't so like, what was me? I'm so sad this guy picked on me. It's just, it was such a good teaching moment between the two things of when you are have gotten to a, I don't mean it in the sense of popularity or anything, but stardom in the sense of you've gotten really good at this, this sport at the highest level how to treat people and how to treat young people because young players coming into this league, trying to figure out how to be in the league and stuff. Um, it's a really hard emotional battle. I think we've all been there and how to manage emotions and you, you, you're questioning yourself and your self-worth. And as athletes, we determine our self-worth based on how good we are in production. We are, it should have nothing to do with who we are as a person, but it's how we judge ourselves. Right. So I think um, those two lessons on both those sides were so important for me to kind of learn and develop myself. Okay. New rapid fire. Donnie, um, does he treat you good? Because you're working. <laughs> quick, 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 uh, quick, quick, Callum, quick, quick. Did, he, did he learn the lesson? really good. And I definitely <laughs> am not reading off the page. <laughs> I just pictured Donnie is going to be like that guy in Billy Madison, just crossing off names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, I called that. 
<laughs> he, he wears a lipstick already, so it's only a matter of time. I have seen him. I have seen him putting lipstick on. <laughs> All right. Uh, next one is Chicago Shamrocks. Um, another non-PG moment here. Uh, honestly, the first uh, live butt chug I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I think. I think I. I think I can guess in. who that was. Yeah, I just ran into him actually. Hey, and he's doing really well for himself, so that's <laughs> it's hilarious. So, <laughs> all right, per- perfect. I think we're good there. Let's. Uh, yeah. Uh, Edmonton Rush. Oh man, we were bad. We were so bad. Um, I played with Teeter's dad. There you go. Uh, there's his that's a fun one. And I got to play with Teeter. We were so bad, man. That's the team was, we were just bad. That's pretty cool. So you, is that, is he, is he the only guy you've, uh, you've done that with played with his old man and played with him? I think so. Um, uh, played against Gibby's dad, didn't play with him and right. then played with me. Yeah. But, uh, the other part was just the tr- getting traded out of Edmonton probably stands out in my memory. Uh, it was funny because when they hired Keenan, super pumped because Keenan, incredible coach, whatnot. And he ended up calling me um, and was like, hey, I'm over, basically I'm overhauling this team. You're one of the only guys who's never played for me before that I'm keeping. Awesome. Pumped. I don't know, maybe three days later, I'm having, (laughs) I'm on my lunch hour uh, with my mom and I get a random call from Keenan. You're not expecting a call. You know, it only means one thing. So I answer the call and little behold, traded. Now I got traded for uh, Ryan Powell. So I understood it, but. It was just funny how it was like three days before he's the only guy I'm not trading three days later. Bye. Sound well, well, and that's <laughs> that that year is an interesting little year, right? After you get you get traded, and you know, obviously you mentioned the team wasn't fantastic at Edmonton, but you go from getting 41 points to doubling yourself up, over doubling yourself up to get almost just shy of 100 in Minnesota. What was the change there? Uh, they needed a player that had the skill set that I had. So I, th- I think a lot of um, this league is being patient. A lot of us are ones or we're one style players when we left junior. Um, not all of us can be ones in the NLL. And um, a lot of times you're not going to be a one right away either. You have to bide your time and learn how to do the other things and so on. I think uh, just Minnesota needed a right-handed ball carrier. I think that was just the right – I played with some really good off-ball guys, um, great chemistry with Aaron Wilson and uh, Ryan Banesh at the time. And I think just a lot of things came together. And it was – the hard part with the Edmonton one, not meaning to go back, is I think I think I had – it was something crazy, something like 25 goals called back from crease calls. It was nuts that season. Um so I think, oh, you know what? One, one other Edmonton thing is Bob Hamley was my coach. And uh, he called me, and a little tidbit that will touch on the Dawson family as well. He called me one day randomly out of nowhere and um, called me. And he was just talking to me. He was like, listen, I've coached Dan Dawson before. He's like, I see so much of you and your ability of what Dan could do. He's like, you have to believe in yourself. I don't think you realize how good you are, blah, blah, blah. Great conversation. It was awesome. Next game, I go out and score four goals for the first time in my career. Um, so that's a little piece there is, you know, that's where a little relationship with Bob still goes. But, uh, yeah, it could, I, when I was young in my career, early in my career, I always got uh, some comparisons to Dan. So 
flat, you know, it's big shoes to live up to, but. Yeah. So that's, that's uh, anything else on Minnesota quick? I think we kind of, there's a lot, there's so many memories, so many years there. So that was um, your longest, just so people are aware too, that was your longest uh, stop from 2010 to 2015. Um, yeah. Did you ever I, live uh, down there? Yeah. I, I lived two, okay. two seasons. I think I did there. Um, my second season and third season or only lived one. I can't remember. I lived one or two seasons there, but it was, uh, it was good. Great relationship with John, John Arlotta. Um, loved the community city, all that stuff. Just, uh, when, uh, when they were moving, it was just the right time for me to make a move at the same time, I think. So, so that's a, uh, you know, great segue, uh, Colorado mammoth. Yeah. So Colorado was the first time I was ever a unrestricted free agent and uh got a call right away from steve govett wanted me to uh to go out there it was awesome he man he he knows how to treat a free agent it was the first time in my career i've ever felt like a professional athlete just booked myself and my wife a flight out to um denver to meet with them and put us up in a nice hotel rental go do some some awesome things and uh it was it was good because he didn't want to just meet with me about uh, the contract and stuff he wanted to meet with my wife and was ultimately like you know if if you're not happy and you're not about this he can't be here so he he was he's was really good at that and under knew how to go after them so that was that was pretty cool and just being in, in Denver and playing at that place it's it's a re, you're a real professional sports team in that city which is is fun and, and cool to be a part of and it's just a a very good organization to play for on a professional level so then by the, by the stats I'm looking at uh, in 2018, it has you on Buffalo and New England. I never knew you played in Buffalo. What was the, uh, what was the story there? Yeah. I had a cup of coffee there. I, uh, I got traded out of Denver for Banesh to go back East. Um, it was funny. Cause I, I, the part that sticks out to me is uh, when I went to Buffalo, I, I remember hearing how upset Dane was. Dane wasn't happy about it. And for him, it was, why are you bringing in this other right-handed ball carrier? The slap in my face, you don't believe in me. Um, and the part that reason I say that is, I think quickly, we both really enjoyed playing. It's my impression that I did at least really enjoyed playing with each other because we realized how much the other one alleviated pressure and were willing to pass and, and, and everything that you quickly learn that you can play with another same stylistic player as long as you're both willing to whatnot so I think his impression after playing with me for a little bit was very different than he thought it was going to be and that's why it stands out to me is uh it's a positive right because I thought I think that guy's unbelievably good and playing with him was fun it was it's fun not always having to be the guy to do everything um when you have another guy that can do the, the bulk of the load is uh nice and then uh, moving into New England yeah, got traded halfway through that season. It wasn't working in Buffalo, especially because I lived in Ottawa. And I think they were used to guys, Ottawa, Aquasasne, general same area. They would drive down to practice six hours each way, which I'm at, I don't know what year of my career, um, family and all that stuff. And I know you, it can't make you drive six hours each way for a two-hour practice year so, 12 by the way year 12 yeah so at this point it was like there's no chance i'm driving 12 hours for a two-hour practice but they would fly me and i was flying on wednesdays i would do it it sucked but i would leave at like four i'd get up the red eye home i'd get home at some ridiculous hour and it worked out and then eventually um they they called me up one day and said 
we're not going to fly you to practice anymore. You have to drive. I said, I just wasn't <laughs> going to drive. It just doesn't make logical sense to drive 12 hours for a two hour practice. Uh, I remember Troy calling me and being like, what do you mean? You're not going to do it. You have to. And I, I honestly just asked him, I was like, Troy, would you drive 12 hours for, for a two hour practice? He said, well, the question isn't on me. And I'm just like, it doesn't make logical sense. So I think that was probably where it's like, yeah, we got to make a move now. Um, and I think New England had been trying, because New England tried to get me when I was a free agent as well. So I think it was just a good fit, um, Evie, for me. And that was the trade. And then, and then you know, going back to Dan's question earlier about the from Edmonton to Minnesota, and then uh, you had your, your best year, um, I believe, in Colorado, but then you took another jump when you got to New England. You know, what, what was kind of that like, you know, at this point, year 13, and you, you went 100-plus again? Um, I think just everything coming together. Uh, the physical ability was still there. I think athletic prime age has moved up a little bit in, as humans. It's not like 28 to 30 anymore. I think it's probably 32. 37. <laughs> it's, it's not 38 i'll tell you that much it's, it's um, whatever yeah, after your second kid comes Polly. i'll enjoy yeah. i'll enjoy yeah. this year then it's all downhill after this year as dan loma's gonna test <laughs> yeah. Yeah. oh don't get me going on that i fucking caught you and i hit your stick so that you scored anyways um i think it was just a perfect perfect blend of obviously things just working out good chemistry uh i had really good chemistry with steph leblanc um and then still being at the athletic prime and i think my lacrosse iq just from playing for so long had developed enough and it kind of all just perfect storm i think um statistically and stuff obviously some shittiness that happened along the way too with uh, the suspension and stuff but um yeah I, you know i had a great great career years there and i thought we had a chance to win it um the covid year as well so yeah, I you guys that, did actually. You guys were good. I remember that. We were first in the league at the time. Yeah, um, yeah, man. Dougie, the first Dougie, time was. Dougie was coming into his own. Yeah, you guys had kind of the full pack. The defense was really good. Yeah, that's actually yeah, a good best point. Guys, in the league and yeah, offense. It was. It yeah. was all headed the right direction, and unfortunately, you know, uh, as it did for so many people, I think a lot. Some people always talk like, "Oh, you were having your best years, and you know, you didn't." get this and that because of COVID. And I'm like, there's people who lost a hell of a lot more than I did. I lost some, a little bit of lacrosse in my career and whatnot. We made out pretty good. Yeah, no doubt. So then uh, New York. Yeah. So this man, this is the one where I don't know if I ever said on a, on a interview or whatnot, but um, I remember when I signed in New York, there was this unloyal or whatever narrative that kind of came out and I, I had every intention to sign back in New England, every intention. They gave me a contract offer and I, I looked at it and I knew they weren't using their franchise tag. So I said, Hey, I will do the exact offer you're saying, but just give me the franchise and I'll sign. I won't check out free agency. Uh, they said, no, sent me to free agency. I think like 1201 on the dot rich list calls me. And he puts an offer in front of me that blows what I said I would sign for absolutely out of the water. So um, I said to both sides, I, I won't leverage one offer against the other. I'm not going to disclose what these guys were offering and what you guys were offering. Um, just tell me what you feel I'm worth. 
And uh, I call up New England and I'm like, listen, I just want to be honest. I just received a ridiculous offer that I'm really considering. They come back to me saying, hey, we'll give you the franchise now. And I, I had to educate them that you can't give the franchise after free agency opens up. Like it's gone, the rule's gone. And uh, they end up saying, well, no. and I just was honest. I'm like, honestly, I have an offer now that financially blows that completely out of the water. It would be irresponsible me to my family to not accept, like do it and whatnot. So uh, it was just so, such a big thing there. And so there was a financial component and then just my relationship with Rich that I've, I've had for a long time that, um, when I spoke to ownership in New York and I spoke to coaches and GMs and quickly it was that what they were wanting to build was something I wanted to be a part of. Um, I've never been, I was talking about it. Somebody today, I forget who, um, Oh, Brett Manny. Um, I've never been a guy that wanted to win a championship by just jumping in on a team that was probably already going to win it. It's just not the way I wanted to ever win one. I'm, I want to contribute in a serious piece to win a championship. I don't have to be the man by any means, but I don't want to just ride, ride somebody else's colts and coattails just so I can finish my career and say, I got a championship. Um, I want to earn one. So uh, that's why a lot of people were like, he doesn't care about winning. It's just about money. He's going to the last place team and stuff. And for me it was, I wanted to try to turn the last place team into the first place team. And that was my motivation with New York. And then uh, most recently, obviously coming, uh, you know, coming to Panther City and, you know, for those who don't know, you live currently in Oklahoma and, you know, I'm sure you'll touch on that, but, um, you know, this is uh, kind of a cool full circle for you. Yeah. What's, it, what's hardest... that? What's that flight? Uh, flight's like 45. I just drive it. It's a four hour drive. Oh, wow. Is that, yeah. I didn't, hey, good geography, man. I was just telling you about how uh, I thought Atlanta and Phoenix were like super close. So geography <laughs> maker 101 here. Jesus. Okay. Continue. Yeah, no, it's close. It's good. Um, so yeah, it was one of the hardest conversations I ever had because I have a really good relationship with Rich and I've never asked for a trade in all of my years ever. Uh, it just, it was, it was weighing on me even before I went into the season, just the travel, the time away from the family, my kids are starting to play sports and I'm missing, you know, the first basketball game my, my oldest son ever played and I'm missing games. And um, it's, taxing on the business I, I'm running. We've got a, a very productive business that takes a crap ton of my time and everything. So just everything, I, I ended up having to have that hard conversation. It was nothing to do with not wanting to be in New York or believing New York. I still loved everything about uh, being there, just to commute. You know, I think even Lomas has seen me walk in halfway through a meeting and, you know, they're, it's, it's just different. It's hard to be there and, and getting, getting there from here is, is really difficult. So um, asked for the trade and make, made my life much easier and better in the sense that my family uh, can be a part of my career for the last however long I play, which something I always wanted. It's, um, you know, I think some people have, have, have been like, well, I've, uh, I had families and stuff and I was still able to do this and that. And it's like, when you live in the city you play in, you know, a lot of these Toronto guys were able to do that. But when you're, you're traveling across the country, uh, to do it every weekend. It's, it's really hard. So now that my family is part of it all the time, uh, it's put a new kind of energy and different type of energy um, into the career, which is good. Yeah. It's funny. We were talking last week about uh, locker room spreads, like the food on the table. 
and uh, your son Dawson was making good use of the candy on the table this weekend. We uh, we were just talking about this. So I uh, want him to not go in there and bird watch. Make sure he's freaking. <laughs> okay, I got two questions. One uh, easier than the other. First question is: of all those places, and obviously different parts of your life, what was the funnest place to go out after the game? Close game, Calgary. I've been wanting to ask this. Worst. Like, hey, worst. Worst <laughs> place to go out. Uh, Albany? Yeah, San Jose's up there, too, though. San Jose was pretty bad. Man Jose, yeah. You had to leave there, yeah. Is that Man yeah. Jose? Don't they call it Man yeah. Jose? Because there's just no oh, chicks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. then I've been wanting to ask this to a coach, um, but since you've, you know, seen a lot, who do you think – and I'm not talking about for a career. I'm talking about, like, at one point in time, who's the most dominant player you've ever seen in this league? Like, at their peak, who's the best player you ever saw? Man, Jeff T right now, maybe it's just because he's so fresh in my brain, but what what that human being is doing is incredible. I was also, also around for that Iannucci ridiculousness. Um, I thought – and he was unbelievably good, but I think his was more of just like sometimes shit just goes in and he shot a lot versus watching Jeff really manipulate. It's just different, man. I don't think I've ever seen a player play and do the things that Jeff does. Um, and it's crazy because that's like the most recent newest. And there's been so many unbelievable ones for so long, obviously Tavares and, and junior and, played against Gator and, and stuff, but man, I've never seen somebody impact a game in the way that he does, which is just so uniquely different because it's not just a goal score. It's the reason Michael Jordan was so good is he made everybody around him better. He elevated them and stuff. And I think Jeff does that in a different way than Jordan did. Um, but like, there's just something special about that kid. He's got he's got good pick guys too, I think, which is yeah. Uh, man, maybe <laughs> about the guys good. around him. I thought yeah. it was his college team. I think it's the guy. I think I Cal. I know. I I definitely appreciate what you said, but I think it's the other way where it's like the guys around him make him better. And he couldn't I be think, who he is without you guys, man. I think it was like it takes a village to raise the child, and Cornell. Yeah, and his all oh, fuck all, off. His all football guys at Cornell really elevated. It take, yeah, if it takes a village at Brampton raise that thing, then I don't know. <laughs> so Ianucci, final answer. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, I, that's what did he what did, what did he have like 70, 70 Dane, goals? Seventy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dane did break it. I think uh, I think he had seventy one, and Dane scored seventy four. That's yeah. fucking crazy. That's so yeah, many goals. Think, <laughs> That's so yeah. many goals. Like, what? Now, who who did I idolize the most of all players is your bro. I think, Dan, yeah. for me, my GOAT is Dan Dawson for my GOAT. Yeah, and, and I think that goes back to, like, you know, kind of like that, again, kind of full circle, like that camp. And then he was just getting into, the like, NLL and – you know, kind of helping you along the way too is like a little bit of a shoulder too to kind of guide you well, as well, right? Part of it. So, so I just emulated so much of what he did. I stole yeah. from my game early on, and then I've added things things since then. But I like that under roll where you hook your arm around and stuff. He started. Yeah, that. it's illegal. Yeah, it's yeah, cool. yeah. Hopefully the fucking refs are. I almost, yeah, I <laughs> almost killed a. I almost killed a ref one day because of you. 
and doing that. You threw my stick into the stands. And I'm that was even different. <laughs> Man, the best part of if you can find that, it is the greatest thing ever. Because if you look, I grab your stick and I turn around at the same time, and you can literally watch the replay afterwards, and you just see me go away with yeah. your stick. fully in your. And hands. then you smashed your helmet, broke your helmet, took a oh, game misconduct yeah. that they took away afterwards because I think they saw the video of me literally throwing your freaking stick three rows. Oh into the my god, I love that. that was- that went, but that was probably most berserk I've ever gone. Most berserk? You told the story you're trying to fight an owner on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, but this was a ref. So, Which I owner mean, is like, I mean, uh, Bruce Urban. Speaking of Edmonton, yeah. <laughs> I was challenging him to come on the floor when he came through the class. Did he have the bedazzled jeans on? <laughs> I don't even remember, but we were like nose and nose on the glass. I was telling him, and then finally my brother got me. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I, you know, I don't know. I just lost it. Got caught up in the moment, you know. <laughs> Good stuff. Awesome, man. Well, get, we appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us. It's uh, a long, you know, long, great career, and and obviously, it's you know, it was a shame to see you go from New York, but happy you're you're back around family and and can have the kids around. I know that's important to you, and and uh, you know, you guys are having some success. So keep keep the success over there. Maybe try to keep beating the wheels off any other East teams um, whenever you do collide with them, but. Uh, yeah, it's good to see you again, man, and, and I'm sure we'll chat soon. I appreciate it, buddy. You guys will be on your way, man. I still think New York is uh, a diamond that's on its way. Thanks, Cal. All right. Appreciate All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, Cal. Okay. Good to see thanks, you, Cal. Take care, guys. See you, bro. All right, with a chat, rolling through all the all the teams he's played for in the NLL. Um, and an interesting kind of, you know, way he got into the sport. So appreciate Cal taking the time to sit down with us, but anything, uh, anything else before we wrap it up? He's been awesome, man. Just want, just want to say, you know, to myself and the other young guys on Panther Chain, he's just, he's been really cool since he came in and, and, uh, you know, he's, he's a crazy player, man. He does shit that even at, at the age that now he just pulls crazy shit off all the time. And yeah. Uh, it's cool to watch. I got, I've caught, got a couple times last game. He had a like low shot clock and I was just on the bench yelling, do something crazy, do something crazy. And then like, you know, he does every game. So yeah. Thanks. thanks do something crazy. <laughs> I mean, legit. Wow. Like if, if I, if I tried to do the stuff that he tried to do, I'd look like an idiot as would like most of the other guys in the league in terms of like, Man, it's just like the finishing at low angles. I think is nuts. He's yeah, just it's crazy. Out of the play, and then he's over top of the goalie, and he's dunking it or something nuts. It's just crazy. Yeah, so. no doubt. Want to hear a crazy move I did tonight? Yeah, you've had a couple on you've the had a long night. Uh, on the flight over, I uh, I watched that like Malaysia plane disappearing documentary on the flight. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That psychopathic move, yeah. The guy no, beside me was not—he was not comfortable with what was happening. Hey, and then you're just like, "Hey, did you hear about this thing?" And he's like striking up a conversation. Oh man, it's crazy how easy these things can just disappear. Hey, buddy, jeez. Yeah, like, and as we're like, as we're starting our descent, it was like it flipped to the part of like the documentary where it starts talking about how the Russians like shot down the second malaysian plane and it was just like showing this plane like fully crumbled on the ground like mangled as we're about to land the guy was not happy with me but anyways go watch it the documentary is fucking crazy oh you okay just quick quick side story um 
we were flying somewhere this year and uh jordan Sturos was uh sitting beside this guy and we were coming in on like a little bit of turbulence and this guy listen to this crazy move this guy's like oh this isn't good this isn't again and Sturos stirs he's like what are you talking about? he's like oh i've been uh i've been flying in this flight simulator we are not coming in at the right angle he's like and he's like, what do you mean? He's like, yo, I, I just been doing this flight simulator like for the past like week. I got like six hours in. He's like, he's not coming in the right angle. We got the wrong trajectory. He's like, a flight simulator? He's like, get the fuck out of here, dude. This guy's, telling me, <laughs> this guy's uh, he's been playing a video game. He's like, no, this, this, this pilot's doing it all wrong. We're going to crash. We landed. It was all fine. It's just like, Jesus, man. Like, what are you talking about? Dude, okay, kind of reminds me of like something that happened a couple weeks ago, like and obviously completely non-related in terms of like plane accidents, but we got off in Toronto. I go to the men's bathroom, like at baggage claim. This woman barges into the bathroom, starts screaming about how she's not waiting in line and goes and drops her pants, door open shit. No, wow. Door open shit in the men's bathroom while still yelling, I'm not dealing with this. I don't deal with lines. Why is there no line in the men's bathroom? So kudos to that woman. She's living free. She definitely had a few whiskeys on the plane, I think. Um, but yeah, just conti- just falls right in line with uh, with the name of the podcast and whatever. All this man. I, stuff we do. I forgot to tell you guys this too. First flight of the year. Talk about being rusty. I walked in and took a piss in the women's women's bathroom in Pearson. <laughs> So I was like, um, it was like right before the flight. So I'm like going to go, I'm like going and, uh, you know, like they're, they're side by side, whatever reason, man, I walked in and, uh, I take a pee bad. And I'm like, Oh, this is super weird, man. It's only stalls. So I'm like, whatever, going to stall. You are such a pee head. Dude, hang a leak, come out. And there's three chicks in there. I'm like, Oh my god, it's like I can they all like looked at me. I'm just like Bleh. just ran out of there as fast as I could. And I was just like, I ran actually back into like then I ran into the men's bathroom to wash my hands. I'm just like I just started howling. I just go back to the boys. I'm like, I just took a piss in the woman's change room. And then it was like <laughs> it was just filled, filled, filled with girls. So I mean, oh, that was like back oh. into back in December. But yeah, I'm just like, why is there only stalls in here? It's like, that's like, so funny that it back. didn't even like immediately click until you saw the females. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's why it's just wrong bathroom, you idiot. Oh, dude. yeah. That was <laughs> funny. funny. And like, but I was just like, thank God. Like, again, I think we were boarding like right away. So I was just like getting ready to get thrown in like cuffs, like pervert, like going in the women's bathroom. Yeah. That's funny. Well, I think that's a good note for us to end. Um, so that's episode 78. We're inching up on uh, on 80 here. Fucking crazy what's going on. But um, appreciate you guys. Appreciate Cottage Springs. Go check out the Bar Down merch. You'll get your hats by 2028. Go enter the contest um, on our profile there for the Cottage Springs merch. There's more, more stuff like that coming. Um, and go buy that stuff and show us you're buying it. We appreciate it. We'll chat with you guys soon. Peace. Been doing
Tell me your secrets Do you ever feel like running away? Can you hear the whispers Echo through your radio Four.